Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. back for another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review on apple Podcasts. plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the lakers fast break lakerholics.com and also the awesome network, which is full of great basketball podcasts in the Hoopheads Podcast Network, is sincerely appreciated. Well, I thought during the downtime, I'd go ahead and have some good conversations. I know I had one recently with my good friend, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies, and of course, the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. I just caught up with his view that he just put out this week. So I've got a, a podcast player, my my bullhorn player got that got that lined up got that checked out all right listen 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 another great set of episodes from him this week but all of a sudden i realized i have to go out and check out another awesome draft podcast because upside swings needs to be also in your listening content because i've got one of the co-hosts here today a man who started off pre-podcast with us now he is a podcaster himself He's a good man indeed. He also is a tremendous Lakers fan. It is Stone Hansen and Stone. Great to have you back on the program once again. Yeah, thanks for uh, for having me back. Like you said, I was never had really any podcast experience actually before coming on yours. So to be able to use that to uh, launch into my own is is exciting. So thank you for for helping me with that. Oh, no worries, man. Just if you know how to get, if you have the gift for gab and you love to talk. <laughs> And you have a passion for what you're talking about. There you go. Only thing I would suggest is just be consistent with your audience on when you go ahead and put out shows. I mean, if you're like Lakers fast break, I mean, you're putting out five shows a week. That's that's pretty good for them. They hard for them to keep up sometimes. And I apologize for that. But you know, when the Lakers play, we got to We got to play too. But when it comes to having a regular show, that's not, based like the Lakers fast break after every game and whatnot, I would say that's the best advice I could give would be just to be consistent with your audience. So I wish you tremendous success. If there's anything you need me to do to help support it, like I would do for Michael Weisenberg's great show, Viceland, also as well, you know, Rafael Barlow and what he's done for NBA Draft Junkies, let me know. I'm happy to help on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just wishing you tremendous upswing with your show as well. So Thank you. Appreciate that. I want to throw a first question off to you, uh, totally off the base. Little Nas X uh, recently put out some shoes, uh, you know, not in conjunction with Nike. I got to make sure, not in conjunction with Nike, but they were based off of Nike shoes. 
uh, with a satanic theme and uh, blood on the bottom as far as into the built to the bottom of the shoe. I think he released all 1,000 before Nike said, eh, 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 please don't, please don't attach that to us. And they went, you know, they, they filed a lawsuit against Little Nas X and the company behind, I forget what the company's name is. Hold on a second, let me get checked that. MSCHF is the company that he was dealing with on that. And it turns out that after some conversations that Nike dropped the suit, but they made sure to let everybody know we're not in any way, shape or form responsible with it. And you can return those shoes that you just bought and you can return them back at any point in time. So with no problems at all. And, but if the blood on the bottom breaks on the shoes, that's all on you. And, and you need to talk to MSCHF. You don't talk to us. But the only thing I'm reason I'm asking you is if, okay, you're buying some satanic blood on the bottom shoes that are Nike shoes. You've got to be a, a speaker aficionado or be someone who's not very religious and or both. I have a feeling you're not sending those shoes back. You want them to go ahead and, and you're, you're pretty, you're pretty much betting on them to collect nice returns somewhere down the line at an auction. Yeah, I'm a, I'm not too much of a sneakerhead myself, but I know a lot of people will uh, buy those and, you know, hope down the line, it turns into a good investment for them. So yeah, then they're not wearing them. You're not, yeah. you're not going them and taking them down. Just you know, you're playing pickup with Stone or me or whatnot, and you're trying them on. Hey, what was going on? Oh, I'm just putting on my satanic shoes. No, no worries. <laughs> just give me a second here, just to tighten up the laces there. But yeah, it's just interesting because you know Nike says you can return them. I have a feeling there's not going to be many returns because you know there's only a thousand of them out there. So I have a feeling in 10, 15 years down the line, like you said, the sneakerhead industry which again is a major industry out there. People just, you know, the things we collect in society is amazing. And you will probably see somewhere down the line, 10, 15 years down the line, some pretty heavy duty dollars for those little Nas X sneakers, I have a feeling. But yeah, it's just something that just saw the actual settlement and things of that nature. And I'm thinking like, okay, if I'm buying those satanic shoes, I'm not returning them. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully they turn into a good profit for those that did buy them. Oh, I, I imagine they will be. I imagine they will be, especially if you can get them autographed by. Are, are, yeah, because I don't think they're autographed by Little Nas X. If you no, can get sure. them, if you can get them autographed by Little Nas X, yeah, there you go. There's a chunk of change there for you. But getting off the devil's shoes now, we're going to be talking about the Lakers because you are a super Lakers fan like I am, and it's so again so great to have you on the show. But I want to ask you this. I mean, the Lakers right now sit in a position where, you know, you, you're going to do the best they can while LeBron and AD are still out. AD's probably going to be out for at least a, another week. Maybe he's, you know, right around the 15th, they're talking about him possibly coming back to the court. And maybe a couple weeks later, LeBron, you know, you hear the rumors, you hear the innuendo of when that could possibly be. You see the pictures of LeBron walking now without a boot. And, and you see all the th good things that could possibly happen from there. But, you know, do you want to rush them back to, to the floor? Right now, the Lakers sit, I believe, in fifth place right now in the Western Conference. But it's going to be a dogfight to see if they can still keep in and around that area. But once they get back and they come to full strength, do you, see, do you still see them as the favorite in the Western Conference? I would still personally have them as a favorite. I'm trying to leave out any bias or anything. But I think it's a lot closer than it was 
at the start of the season. I think these injuries, it leaves a lot more room for question on re-injuries, if any of these guys go down uh, with any other possible things. Um, the Clippers weren't that far off to begin with this season. They weren't too far away from the Lakers. Um, and I think that gap has closed even more since these injuries. So uh, they're narrowly my Western Conference favorites, I would say. Yeah, I agree with you. And I never thought that big chasm, which everybody was talking about at the beginning of the season, was as big as everybody would make it out to be. And that they thought the, you know, it was going to be the Lakers and everybody else. Uh, I, I know that the, the Lakers are still, to me, going to be the favorite with a healthy LeBron and AD, especially the fact the way they play defense, even in their absence. I think they've been playing excellent defense. Offense is still obviously an issue with them. Generating any type of offense consistently is still a big problem for the team without those two in the lineup. But as a defensive side of things in the playoffs, as you know, as we saw last year in the bubble, defense is at a premium and defense really gets you or keeps you in the ball game no matter who it is against. And if you have talents like LeBron and AD finishing out your games, plus that defense, they're, I mean, they've got a really great shot to win it, even even this year. Yeah, definitely. The defense is something that surprised me that they were able to continue as strong as they were uh, the year previous. And to be able to continue it while LeBron and Anthony Davis have gone out is really impressive. But as you mentioned, the offense is kind of the concern right now. Uh, not a whole lot of creation, I think, outside of Schroeder. So I think um, that's something they were hoping to address more of last offseason, and hopefully they can address it again this offseason. Well, I'm hoping that they will. In fact, that's one thing I wanted to ask you on before we get into your specialty. And remember, Stone Hansen also has written work out there on lines.com. You just go to lines.com, head over to where the NBA draft is, and all that page is his with his latest mock draft, which there are some questions I have on it. I wanted to ask you this first off before we get into that, because the Lakers do own their draft choice, and I think they are being forced just by the stepping rule to go ahead and actually draft and possibly keep. You never know. I mean, I'm sure at some point in time they can trade. There, There's a point in time that you can trade your rookie, but right now they have to go ahead, at least go ahead and draft him and, and retain that, that draft choice. But we'll get into that here in a bit. But first off, some things probably need to be done during the summer to help shore up the deficiencies that the team has. Uh, Three-point shooting, playmaking ability. I know those are things that are at the top of the list. So if you were Rob in Rob Palenka's shoes and you were the GM of the Lakers, what are you targeting this, at this point for this offseason? I think... My first step would be try to retain uh, Dennis Schroeder uh, because you have his bird rights this year. So that kind of helps you um, in terms of, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of other point guards they'll be able to get that are better that they can afford because of those bird rights that Schroeder has. So I think trying to retain him between that 20 to like $23 million range is somewhat understandable. Anything more than that seems really expensive for him. Uh, then you have some more questions about that. Three-point shooting is something to address as well. I know they just signed Ben McLemore. Um, that was a nice pickup. Hopefully he pans out for them a little bit. But getting guys like that that are kind of bargain bin deals um, that hopefully can provide some uh, extra spacing and things of that nature would help them a lot, I think, as well. Could you utilize, once you sign, 
Dennis Schroeder. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I know you went to you sign him to a contract. I mean, he's already been offered a four year, $84 million deal. And he's looking to see if he can get more out in the marketplace. But once you sign him, I know there's a point in time during the course of the season where he becomes eligible. Do you then try to flip his contract for something maybe a little bit more substantial? It depends. He's on the market, I think. Schroeder's a pretty, I, I view him as kind of a middle of the road point guard. Uh, he's not, you know, great, but he's probably better than a lot of what the Lakers can get at the moment. Uh, if another point guard, you know, of maybe Kyle Lowry's sort of tier, and you could throw in maybe a first or uh, in 2027 or something like that. Uh, I think I would do that if I'm the Lakers. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's pretty dependent, I think, on who's available. No, I agree with you. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that they will go ahead and retain Dennis Schroeder. I think there's a you know a thing that, like you said, it's going to be a lack of availability of top tier or even middle tier point guards out there because they're running at a premium right now. So we'll wait and see what happens with that. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. But again, three-point shooting. As Laker Tom of Lakerholics.com screams on every single episode of ours that we do together is something that the Lakers do need. And obviously it's very apparent each and every time out that they go ahead and struggle from the three-point area, or at least some volume three-point shooting consistently. That's that's also an area that I know he wants to address. But I wanted to ask you this, when it comes to the draft, I know on the back end, we'll get into your whole draft mock-up here in a second, because I have some questions overall with that. But when it comes to that point in the draft where the Lakers might choose, it's going to be a little bit more advantageous with the Lakers because they will be a little bit higher up. They'll be in the low 20s they're projected to right now as opposed to the higher 20s or at number 30. So I want to hear your thoughts on who might be available at that point in time because I have some ideas myself, but I want to hear your thoughts on who you think might be available at that point in time. Uh, yeah, I think um, I, as last year we were at the same place, I think, where playmaking and three-point shooting are still kind of the the main needs for them. And thankfully this year, again, it's a pretty deep draft in terms of point guards as well. So I think um, there's going to be some point guards that the Lakers should look at. One of them who may or may not be in that range is Trey Mann. He's a guy that's flown up the board since the tournament. Um, he's... I talked about him actually on my late, my last podcast on upside swings about he's, he's kind of a do it all point guard in terms of everything you want from a point guard. He can shoot from all three levels, play, make, defend. So there's really not a whole lot that 
to mock him on. It's just that I wouldn't necessarily – I'm not exactly sure if he's someone that the Lakers could utilize immediately um, in terms of helping them win during this championship window. But he's someone I definitely would target in that range. Another guy I would uh, consider looking at would be Josh Giddy, uh, another guy who's similar to uh, Trey Mann, has flown up boards uh, recently. I'm not exactly sure where his range is. Um, hopefully it'll be in that, that low 20s area. Uh, but he's a 6'8 point guard, massive point guard. He's a, one of the weirdest evaluations I've ever done. Uh, really unorthodox player. Uh, kind of plays almost like a um, just at a super slow pace. He can defend well, which fits into the Lakers system. Three-point shooting is probably one of the concerns that you may have going into it. Uh, but he is one of the better playmakers of the draft. So I think that he, he does fit in well there with the Lakers as well. Excellent court vision, but I do have those same concerns. But he is rising up draft boards. I've seen him as high as ninth on draft boards, and I've seen him as low as a 30 to 31 uh, on the back end of the first and going into the second round. So he is all over the place on draft boards. He has been considered up until this past week, 10 days, as the top international prospect. Although I, after talking with both yourself that I'm about ready to talk about, and also as well, Rafael Barlow, I know the kid from Turkey, Alperin Segun. He has uh, actually risen so quickly up draft boards that one week he wasn't there. I, I saw him on the back end of the second round. So I saw him on the maybe even reaching the first round. Now he's talked about as far as a high lottery draft board choice, like right around seven, eight. I've seen him as high as that. So uh, I know that he's someone that a lot of people have, have really caught their eyes on. What are your thoughts on him? You think he could actually fall down that far? I mean, and should the Lakers take him if that's the case? Yeah, I think right now it's kind of a same thing with Giddy, I would say. During the draft process, the uh, players have different stocks, like actual stocks, and uh, they kind of rise and fall a bit, fluctuate until we get to the actual draft. Uh, so I think right now uh, Sengun's stock is probably as high as it'll get. I don't expect him to really go top 10 or anything like that. I'd expect maybe in the 12 to 20 range is, is probably more likely where he'll go. So I would say he, he's, he's not top end lottery, although at this point people seem to perceive him that way. For the Lakers, I think he does fit in well in terms of being a three-point shooter at the five position, someone who you hope can develop into a rim protector as well. It, there's a lot of questions for the Lakers in terms of their center position. So I'm not entirely sure how big of a log jam he would create there. Uh, so I think we, we'd have to wait and see how the season ends just to kind of evaluate how he'd fit with the Lakers. You're right, because you're not sure about the, I guess, uh, tenure of guys like Montrezl Harrell, Andre Drummond, and Marcus Gasol to see if they actually stay with the team next year or not. So definitely that's something to look into. And if the Lakers have that opportunity to get a kid like that if they have that gaping hole we'll see what happens but you're right they do have playmaking issues they have shooting issues josh giddy who is all over draft boards as well the kid from australia i've been watching a lot of footage on him over the past two weeks and i have been impressed as far as his court vision 
His shooting stroke, again, is going to be a big concern. His athleticism, I know people are going to be getting on his case about consistently. Although we saw that from a kid named Luka Doncic, if I remember correctly. A lot of those same discussions as well. Although with him, I saw a little bit more burst when he was playing in Euroball. I think that was something that popped out a little bit more to me. I think with Josh, like you said, he slows it down. Even when he's playing you know, in a fast break motion, he seems like he's he's going on at a speed all of his own. Yeah, definitely. He's one of the uh, uh, Kyle Anderson type type players where they like to just play at their own pace. They don't have great athleticism, and so they tend to be able to control the game uh, the way they want in half court sets and things like that. He does have great, excellent vision, as you as you have mentioned. He's able to get those skip passes across, able to see guys uh, off motion, off the dribble. He can find cutters. He's a pretty weird evaluation, one of the weirder ones I've seen in, in recent memory. One of the players that you have on your list in and around that area where the Lakers could be drafting is Davion Mitchell, one of the big stars for Baylor in this championship game that they just had. They were victorious over Gonzaga. And I don't think he'll be anywhere he is of the guys like you talked about with stocks you know right now their status with the, all these draft choices they're they're like stocks who's going up who's going down after evaluations after they go ahead and have the private sessions and they talk with the agents and then you interview these kids uh, i think that right now before that happens and based off of his performances in the ncaa tournament i think davion mitchell is the highest riser right now because i've seen him as high as six right, in some certain mock drafts. So you have him a little bit lower now. Do you have a feeling you might be going up a little bit higher? Uh, yeah, definitely. He's one of those where I think the the stock is legitimate in terms of the rise. I don't think he's one of the guys where, you know, the stock kind of goes up for a couple of weeks and drops back down again. I think Mitchell's will stay relatively high. I may have placed him a little low on the latest mock draft because I think he's probably somewhere in the lottery, I would I would think. Although um, there's a lot of guys kind of clustered together. Uh, So I think we could see someone like him or maybe Sharif Cooper, uh, one of those point guards drop a little further than we, we expect. Davion Mitchell, I, I am a fan of in terms of maybe picking him up somewhere in the twenties where the Lakers may pick. Uh, But I think he's going to go further ahead um, than where the Lakers will be. Uh, he's a bit older as a prospect, one of the older prospects in the draft, actually. A really strong defender. You saw Mike Schmitz on ESPN say that he was the strongest defender he's ever evaluated or one of. I'm not sure I entirely agree with that. Uh, he's kind of undersized at like 6'2". I have some questions and concerns about him. I actually like his teammate Jared Butler a little bit better. Uh, but but Mitchell will definitely be the guy that goes ahead of him and probably somewhere in the 12 to 15 range, I would assume. I agree with you on that. I think I need some more evaluation on him before I can actually find a good spot for him. But I see him right between that 15 to 25 area right now is where I'm looking at for him. He may be there for the Lakers, but I probably wouldn't count on it if people are really hoping for it. But there's a lot of prospects that are there that are, like you said, in that mix for that upper echelon of the you know, of this uh, lottery area because, you know, after the first five picks, I think that are clear cut, although Raphael was saying that maybe 
Jonathan Kaminga may not may or may not stay at number five. I think he's going to stay at number five, but you've got a ton of individuals that are there. You know, like you see Scotty Barnes, Franz Wagner, you see the kids from Tennessee. Uh, I mean, you see a lot of individuals, Corey Kispert. That's one I, want, I wanted to ask you about. Corey did not uh, showcase himself very well uh, in the past two games, the championship game and the game against UCLA. He was a little bit hesitant to do what he, or at least a lot of people like me, thinks he does best in shooting the, shooting the rock from three. He was kind of a little bit gun shy. Uh, and his defense was not as good as I had hoped. What are your thoughts on him still being somewhere picked in the lottery? I personally am actually much lower on Kispert than a lot of people. The way I approach uh, my mock drafts are kind of thinking how teams may think mm-hmm. uh, and not necessarily my own. Uh, so right now I do have him going pretty high, I think at number seven, because I think teams – uh, still tend to overvalue shooters. And what I mean by that is uh, as the rest of the league gets better at shooting, I don't think these premium sharpshooters are necessarily as valuable as they once may have been. Uh, but I don't think front offices have caught up with that line of thinking yet. So they still value them quite a bit. And I think as possibly one of the best shooters in the draft, he, he certainly has the the pedigree of that that he he will go higher than he should. Probably, I would assume, top 12 at this point in time. Definitely lottery, I would think. But yeah, a team that I think is in more of a win-now position may view him and his shooting as something uh, they can use to to push forward into the playoffs uh, this upcoming season. I agree with you, Dan. I see him, if he there is a team like a Toronto, like you have on lines.com, or a team that has more of a win now that maybe had a bad year like Toronto or another team that could make the playoffs next year and compete that's having a down season now could go for Corey Kispert or like uh, definitely I would think that they would consider Davian Mitchell. I think that would go, I know he's 22, but I think he is, if he doesn't go at six, seven, eight, I think he's going to go to a team very high up that had a, down year like Toronto because I think he is more of a win now type of candidate as well. Yeah, teams you could look at probably making a look another playoff push next year would be the Warriors and uh, probably the Pelicans I would put in that mix. Uh, definitely the Spurs as always. Uh, so so those sort of teams may be looking at those older players just as more win now type guys, but we'll see where they end up in the draft. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm talking to Stone Hansen. You got to check out what he's doing today at lines.com under the NBA draft section and also as well his awesome new podcast, which I got to check out. I didn't even know until the last few minutes. I'm like looking at his handle, his profile and saying, oh, what's this? I got to go ahead and check it out. I got to put it on my bullhorn. 
It is called Upside Swings. So Upside Swings, the podcast, you got to check that out today. Wherever you get your podcast, they just landed on Apple. So there's no excuse for another great podcast that covers the NBA draft. You got to go ahead and check out Upside Swings. Tell me a little bit about, more about the show before we head on out, my friend. Yeah, I've been wanting to actually kind of start my own podcast for a while. I think I mentioned it to you before and kind of just more of a draft centric podcast because there are definitely some out there, but I think there's still more room for for more podcasts that are draft centric to come out. So it's just something I started um, with Bryce Hendricks and Ryan Davis, which are two guys that I've talked draft with for a bit. And uh, they're also really knowledgeable about this subject. So um, we actually have another episode or two coming out this weekend, talking about more prospects, maybe more draft philosophy that we kind of dive into. So yeah, it's just something that I have a lot of thoughts on the draft, so I figured I might as well talk about them and share them with other people. Well, definitely you got to check that out. And I'm going to be, because I just caught up with Raphael's shows. I've just caught up with Mikey V's shows. I now got to catch up this weekend with your awesome shows. That is Upside Swings. You got to catch it today on er everywhere you get your podcast. And of course, you need to go ahead and check out everything that he's doing with his mock drafts. When would your next one be up? After you know, uh, obviously you got one that you just put up with lines.com, but when do you have a feeling maybe two, three weeks down the line? Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping within the next week or two, having another one up, but we'll see how that goes. Hopefully I'll start putting out some scouting reports on some of these guys as well. Oh, that's awesome. Definitely looking forward to what you bring to the table when it concerns that and everything on the draft at lines.com plus your show upside swings. But my friend, it's been great talking to you. Obviously, you're welcome back at any point in time. But any last thoughts on the Lakers as a fellow Lakers fan before we head on out? I'm excited to see how Andre Drummond kind of fits in with them. Um, I know he's only had a couple games with them. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to see how he fits in with AD and LeBron once they're back. Hopefully they can stay above the sixth seed so they don't have to go in the playing tournament. You and I both, my friend, you and I both, you know, maybe we can go ahead and, and, you know, provide some of those other teams, some of those satanic shoes that little Nas X put out. So maybe give them some like bad luck or something. So hopefully that will help. Hopefully Whatever it takes. Help. Whatever it takes. Absolutely. Indeed. Once again, it is Stone Hansen from lines.com and also his great show upside swings. Please check it out today, wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions for me, it's at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter with Stone. Follow him at report underscore court, at report underscore court. And he's got one of the, the <laughs> hilarious, hilarious profile pictures right there for you covering with the Lakers. I, I see the uh, Schroeder influence there. But I will tell you what, my friend, it's been great talking to you. I look forward to more great conversations down the road, talking the Lakers, talking the NBA draft, and obviously checking out your shows. But yeah, I mean, any last thoughts on the draft or anything else on the NBA before we head on out? Uh, I think that's it. I think we uh, covered everything we set out to. So appreciate you having me on again and uh, look forward to coming back eventually. Absolutely. Again, it's up to you, man. The red carpet is always out there for you. I want to get with you next time on the NBA draft. A little bit more of that, obviously, but also as well, the NBA as a whole, who you're liking on the Eastern Conference. Is there anyone that's a real major threat to Lakers in the Western Conference? Because there's so many contenders right now. There's so many things to discuss. And I'm looking forward to going ahead and doing that with you again when you're able to, when you stop by right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.